People of God, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Amen. So we are in the second week of Easter. Remember, Easter season runs from Easter Sunday all the way to Pentecost. And I know at our homes, we put away our Easter decorations. We're probably not wearing the Easter dress we had last week. All of those things that we do for Easter, it's not just a moment in time that culminates and then life goes back the same. No, the reason that there's 50 days of the Easter season is to remind us of the glorious work of our Lord and Savior and its importance. All that we do is tied to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Outside of that, we have nothing. We need to remember that we need to continue to feast and rejoicing with one another as the saints of the Lord. Don't let your feasting simply be on Sundays. I pray that all of you would call one another throughout the week, encourage one another, even if all you do is call up and say, Christ is risen, and He is risen indeed, this will encourage and strengthen your brothers and sisters. You know, this week our passage is a continuation of last week's passage in uh, detail. There's no gap in the verses, so I thought it would be helpful just to tie in a couple of things from last week's sermon so that we know and understand and are reminded of the context of where we are today. Our, our epistle, or excuse me, our gospel reading today is John 20, verses 19 through 31, and last week it was John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. And so, here it is. Remember last week, our first point in the sermon was, it was the first day. It was the first day. And again, we see in chapter 20, beginning with verse 1, Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Remember last week when we talked about this, that first of all, that being the first day, and that it was still dark, this is creational language. We have the first day of the week, and it was dark. We also see that Peter and John rushed to the tomb, and we recognized the imagery of the atonement, of the Ark of the Covenant there with the, the tomb slab there and an angel at either end, and we see that where the mercy seat was, Jesus was no more because He had paid the price for our sins. We also see that when Peter and John were at the tomb, they saw the linen garments lying there. And that reminded us of the priestly work of Jesus Christ, just as after the Day of Atonement, when the high priest would go out of the Holy of Holies, he would take off the linen garments and leave them there before he went back into the rest of the temple. We also see the blindness that is upon the followers of Christ. We see that Mary cannot see that it is Jesus. We see that the disciples on the road to Emmaus don't recognize Jesus. 
We do know that when the Spirit opens their eyes, when Jesus calls Mary by her name, it reminds us that God himself knows each one of our names. We also see the work of restoration. In John 20, verse 17, Jesus said to Mary, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and to your God. And what a wonderful blessing because of the atoning work of Jesus Christ, because he died for our sins, because he is resurrected, we are no longer kept away from God the Father, but because of Christ and through Christ, we are now able to call God truly our God and call him truly our Father. And of course we finished up with this. What should we do in light of these things? Jesus has risen. What then should we do? We should celebrate. We should be full of rejoicing for God has been reconciled to us through the work of Jesus Christ. And of course, the reality is that it is so difficult often in our ordinary state, in our ordinary lives, we become so bogged down with distractions and troubles. But people of God, in the Easter season, we have 50 days to celebrate. And remember, the calendar pushes us out of our comfort zone. We need to bid our apathy and distractions goodbye. We have entered into the Easter season. We need to remember that, in fact, no matter what's going on in our lives, Christ has risen. We are living in Easter. We are living today. We must be living like Christ is risen. Or do we live in a state of unbelief? The disciples find themselves in unbelief and clear uncertainty on day one of the new creation. They do not know that Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the living, is in fact their God because of the atoning work of Jesus. And that's where our passage picks up today in John 20, beginning in verse 19. Let us listen to God's word again so we may meditate on it together. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut... Where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then, then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive any sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, in his hands the prints of the nails and put my, finger in the, into the, my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst. 
peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here, and now look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. And of course, we see this closing here where it says in verse 30, And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. People of God, Christ is risen. When we look at today's passage, we see that again it says the same day. Verse 19 says, then the same day at evening being the first day of the week. This should again remind us of the creational language found in Genesis chapter 1 verse 5. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and morning were the first day. This is really important. It's reminding us that in creation there is the morning and the evening. God is not leaving any of the parts out in the new creation. And remember, they were there, and it says this, it goes on, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. So they were in the evening time, they were afraid and they were locked in. The disciples had forgotten what Jesus had said. Consider Matthew 10, 28. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. They were, in fact, in a state of fear. They were in a state where they had forgotten the promises of God's word. In fact, they had forgotten all that Jesus had done. They had locked the door. Think of the miracles that Jesus had done with them. He turned water into wine. He walked on water. Demons were cast out. The sick, the lame, and the blind were all healed. Even the dead, raised, even the dead were raised. Think of the widow's son of Nain. Jairus' daughter. Think of this, even their friend, because Lazarus, he was not just a friend of Jesus, but the disciples knew him well. And he had been raised just a few days before. And yet, they were afraid. Look at what Jesus did, though. Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. I think when you look at the narrative, you can recognize that their fear was multiplied because they had not truly understood what Mary had told them about what Jesus had said. Remember just a few verses ago, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father and to my God and your God. They couldn't believe that was true for them. And you know why? Because they all knew that they had fled and forsaken Jesus, the one they had promised to stick by, no matter how difficult it got. Consider Mark chapter 10, verse 35. 
Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And Jesus said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us that we may sit one on your right and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said, We are able. And so Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink the cup that I drink and with the baptism that I am baptized with that I am baptized with you, will, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. And when they had heard it, and this is the, the other disciples, they became greatly displeased with James and John. You know, they were like, yes, we can do this. Whatever you expect of us, we can live this Christian life. We can follow you, Jesus. We're going to do it. And of course, why were the disciples, they weren't, even, they weren't even caring about the pledge of James and John. They were indignant because Peter, I mean, James and John were asking for places of honor. You heard me say this in earlier sermons this year where, where the, the disciples were constantly bickering and they had their view of how they thought Jesus was going to help them and deal with the issues in their world and in their life. They were not hearing what Jesus was saying. They wanted Jesus to be their Jesus, made in their way, solving the problems the way they thought they needed to be solved. And when Jesus calls them out, do you think you can do this? Can you follow me? They say, oh, we're able. Think back in Matthew chapter 26, verse 31. And Jesus said to them, all of you, will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. And Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. You know what the scripture says next? Because we know this part very well, this whole rooster part, right? And so said all the disciples. The disciples locked in that room, they weren't just afraid of the Jews, although the scriptures clearly say that. They were afraid because how is God going to do anything for them because they had forsaken him. They felt undone. How could they ask anything of God the Father now? But when Jesus shows up, he does what? He says, peace be with you. In their midst, Jesus gave peace to them in spite of their sin. This is powerful, people of God. Verse 20 goes on and says this. He's in the locked room with the ten. Thomas isn't there. Verse 20, and... And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. We don't really use that word very much anymore. I'm glad something happened. I'm glad this is going on. Jesus demonstrated that he was truly resurrected. This word glad in the Greek means to rejoice exceedingly. But not just that. To rejoice exceedingly 
because that you are well and you are thriving. Jesus appears and speaks peace and provides proof that he is truly alive and they are now well. They are going to thrive because their Savior has, speaking, has spoken peace to them. But Jesus doesn't just leave it there. He goes on, it says this in verse 21, because you know, at the end of the day, we hear the gospel all the time. We do our devotions. We sit in church and we hear, your sins are forgiven. God is at peace with you. And we have doubts. And in this very moment where Jesus has demonstrated, here are the nail prints. Here is the injury in my side. He says in verse 21, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. Jesus again reassures the disciples that despite their sins against God and even himself, he is at peace with them. The word peace here in Greek emphasizes exemption from the rage and havoc of war. You know, our sins cause us to be at war with God. And Jesus, because of his atoning work on the cross, says to them, you are exempted from this rage and havoc of war. But here's the question. Is it simply so that our sins can be forgiven? That we are to rejoice and be glad in the gospel? Yes, but there's so much more. To what end is God through the work of Christ's atoning death at peace with his disciples? So that they may proclaim the gospel to all the nations. Jesus says this, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, what did he do? It says, He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Again, here we have creational language. We can see that Jesus breathed on them. Consider Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed the man of dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, again, looking in chapter 20 of John, we see that it says, And when he had said this, he showed him his hands and his side. And I want to make this observation to you in Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Again, in Genesis verse 2, verse 22, Then the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into woman, and he brought her to the man. There is imagery here that Jesus' death sleep, that his side was pierced, and that God from that formed the church, Christ's bride, from his side. Jesus breathes on the disciples and gives the life of the new humanity to his disciples. And then Jesus commissions them. He says this in verse 23 of John chapter 20. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is sometimes a misunderstood passage. Jesus is not placing the disciples in the place of God the Father as judge. No, 
they can't actually forgive sins. But rather, Jesus is making it clear that they are to declare the gospel for the forgiveness of sins that is found in Jesus. And so to those that are repentant, they can declare your sins are forgiven. For those who are insolent and God-hating and raging against God, they can say God's judgment is coming upon you. We see that we are to proclaim the resurrection. We see in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says this, beginning in verse 18, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. People of God, the church cannot be separated from Jesus. The action of the church have, author have the authority of Jesus. People that despise the church, those that don't want to come to church on Sunday, there are so many around us that incorrectly minimize their need for the church. People don't want to be under the authority of God's appointed authority. They believe that they can exist outside the fellowship of the church. We must be repentant of this false idolatry. It is not simply Jesus and you. Romans chapter 12 verse 4 says this, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, and so we being many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. This has to do, remember our covenant prayer here this morning, our repentance. We are all tied together. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 says this, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit for in fact the body is not one member but many it can't be just you and Jesus you need this covenant community here today returning to our passage in John chapter 20 God doesn't just leave it right there we've got this hanging thing where is where is Judas but it says this another Sunday it says now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of his nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. You know, in this statement, it seems so inflammatory. Thomas is no more in doubt, though, or no more in gloom than any of the other disciples. Think about this. We, you know, we call him Doubting Thomas, and he gets a bad rap. Because, in fact, when Jesus showed up, what did he do for the ten? He shows them the nail prints and the piercing of his side. All that Thomas was asking was for the same explanation, the same evidence that the other ten got. It says this in verse 26, and after eight days, this is where we see it's another Sunday. It's the first day of the next week. And his disciples were again inside. And I only bring this up to say this, where we see these two, day, these two first of the week days show up, 
this is where the church historically has derived that we are to worship and think again thinking in the new creation we're now on a new schedule here right and this is why we worship on Sunday Jesus appears on the first day of the week two days in a row and remember they're all shut up they're locked in again I guess they still weren't all believing because they were still locking the door and it says this, and Thomas was with them, and Jesus came, and the doors being shut, and stood in their midst. Again, Jesus doesn't stand simply by the door. He comes in their midst. He is in their space where they are fellowshipping. And he says, peace to you. Jesus shows up again and knows that he must declare God's peace to the disciples, but especially to Thomas. Thomas needs to know that because of the work of Christ that Jesus Father and God is at peace with him and that God that is Yahweh is now his father and God verse 27 says and then he said to Thomas reach your finger in here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side do not be unbelieving but believing I want to point out the scriptures in no place say that Thomas actually put his fingers in there. Because it goes right from where Jesus makes the offer to Thomas saying this. It says, And Thomas answered and said, My Lord and my God. He recognized that God was truly at peace because of the work of Jesus. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and have yet believed. We are called into the light of Jesus' resurrection to believe that through Jesus our sins are forgiven, that His Father is our Father and His God our God. We need to be glad as the disciples were glad. Again, remember this word glad means to rejoice exceedingly, to be well and to thrive. We are no longer under the burden and darkness of our unforgiven sin. The question for all of us here today is, are we living as if Jesus is resurrected? Are we living knowing that we have been commissioned to preach the gospel to the people around you in our realm of influence? Are you celebrating God's peace to you through the work of Jesus Christ? Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus, Father and God, is our Father and God. We see... Again, at the very end of this passage, a reminder. And truly, Jesus did many other things in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. People of God, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let us pray. O Lord our God, we direct our prayer to you that things that are impossible with us are possible with you and therefore we look to you for your omnipotent and absolute possibilities. You are able, Lord, to save this fallen world. You are able, Lord, to change the hearts of men who cannot, whom we cannot change nor touch. You are able, O Lord, to make all things new when all things are in the process of decay. Help us, O Lord, that we may believe and be glad 
through the work of your son Jesus that we are at peace with you. We thank you, our Father, that this is your holy purpose, and you are he who makes all things new, that your will shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Christ's name, amen.